You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast, the podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead one beady, beady, beady minute at a time. I'm Jason Hummel of Mondo Confidential. And I'm Curtis Blaze from thezacknews.com. Today we are unwrapping Minute 38, which begins with the family piling up Christmas presents from Mom, all of which are packages of TV dinners, and ends with Monique's Christmas nightmare at the Smith house. Jason, what the heck happened in this minute? Well... In minute 37, you'll recall, Lane failed to reignite the spark with Beth and instead got frozen food for Christmas. As minute 38 begins, Mom is reading the ingredients from a frozen dinner she's gotten for Lane, containing corn and seasoned sauce. He likes corn. (laughs) At 37 minutes and 12 seconds, we cut to the Smith house. Mrs. Smith is encouraging Ricky to give Monique his gift. That just kind of sounds wrong, but we'll go with it. Okay. At 37 minutes and 25 seconds, Ricky unenthusiastically slides the package onto Monique's lap. That sounds kind of suspicious, too. (laughs) What were you thinking? (laughs) At 37 minutes and 31 seconds, Mrs. Smith, while blowing smoke in her face, asks Monique if they have Christmas in France. As the minute ends, it is very clear that Monique is in her own private hell. There's chocolate nut brownie in the fried chicken, Jason. Yes. This is the first time I realized that she was talking about the dessert, not in the chicken. You thought it was some kind of, like, hybrid dessert, like chicken dessert? Only for about 25 or 30 years. (laughs) It only only took me that long to figure that out. (laughs) Well, okay, because here's the deal. Mom is an experimenter when it comes to uh, making dinner. This is true. I'm like, oh, well, chocolate nut in the fried chicken. Why not? Yeah. You saw dinner the other night. <laughs> Wait, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dinner that got up and walked away. Went for a stroll. And corn. And seasoned sauce. What do you suppose seasoned sauce is? It's a good question. You know, usually it's seasoned with pepper, but this could be something exotic. I mean, here's the deal. It's got fried chicken. Mm-hmm. It's got corn. It's not corn in seasoned sauce. It's not fried chicken in seasoned sauce, because fried chicken you don't put in seasoned sauce. The brownie isn't in seasoned sauce. It's just got seasoned sauce. Maybe it's to dip whatever you want into it. So your theory is that seasoned sauce is something for dipping. Could be. Like the chicken? Yeah. Like it could be like... Honey mustard or ranch. Or seasoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some kind of southwestern kind of thing. Well, the Myers really made out this Christmas, huh? Yeah. They got not one, but two veal parmesanas. You work for a place that sells food. Is our banquet dinner still a thing? Yes, very much so. And Swanson, of course, is. Yeah, because they're like the titan. They're like the Disney of uh, frozen food. The Disney of frozen foods. Nice. <laughs> she's uh, she's playing both sides of the aisle, though. Yep. She's giving him Swanson's and Banquet. It's a taste test, like Coke and Pepsi. Okay, so you're around this kind of stuff all the time. I haven't eaten a, a TV dinner since I was 20-something. Wow. Which one is better, Swanson's or Banquet? Well, with Swanson's, you get like a pound of food. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is it a pound of good food or is it like a pound but it's not as good as as the the better tasting stuff from banquet? It's it's pretty quality. Okay. And the so, brownies are good. <laughs> chocolate nut? Well chocolate anyway. Banquet portion's kinda small. Kind of ironic. That is funny. They're obviously adhering to the if you repeat the lie enough, it becomes truth. <laughs> Propaganda. Yeah. Okay, well, the only reason I wanted to talk about this minute at all, the only reason you're not doing this by yourself today is because of, of Tweaky. Oh, yes. Did you did you catch that at the end as they pan past? You see Tweaky? Yeah, just like half a second. When did Buck Rogers come out? Um, In the 80s. I'm th- I was thinking late 70s. Late 70s, early 80s. To the internet. You're wrong. 1979. Okay, you were kind of <laughs> right. Well, I said late 70s and early 80s, and it says between 79 and 81, so that's literally late 70s and early 80s. Well, okay, if you're going to use that <laughs> definition of the word literally, then I suppose I have to give it to you. But yeah, the comic dates back to the 20s. Yeah, Wilma Deering in that uh, silver LeMay suit. Mm, that was her name? I thought her name was something Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray. That, that was the actress. Wilma Deering was the character. character. Although, actually, yeah, on Buck, it, the suit is blue, like baby blue, not silver. Tweaky is one of those pop culture things that's always turned me off about science fiction. I know that's weird to say, because now I'm excited by him, but, like, that all round and clearly it's the size of a person. It was probably a kid in there, huh? Yeah, most likely. Or or a dwarf. Yeah. Or, God, whatever the right way to say that is. Little person. Little person. A little person. I've been watching too much Lord of the Rings lately. (laughs) Could be an orc in there for all we know. Nah, that's too small. Oh, yeah, I think an orc would be towering. Plus, you know, the mark of the white hand isn't on his head. Ah. What do you know about Tweaky? I know that he was voiced by Mel Blanc from Looney Tunes. (gasps) Yeah! Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he totally sounds like all the Looney Tunes guys. And the Flintstone uh, dinosaurs. (laughs) <laughs> it's a living <laughs> I was just going to say Imagine Tweaky <laughs> Getting done Saving Buck yet again That's how I remember it anyway Is that accurate? Do you have a memory of that? Like It was constantly tweaking in the background uh, Saving the day Unbeknownst to anyone else <laughs> I don't really remember that I, Oh, I, don't you remember? Every single episode It would be It would be, you know Buck going out and fighting And And, and Wilma, I guess her name was, being in peril, and Buck would try to rescue her, but then he'd get in trouble, and then it would always, and then he would always manage to get out of it because it was always something secret Tweaky was doing, like he'd go take that little round thing inside of his belly, his belly bot. Oh yeah, the little, the little guy. And they'd hack something and open a door, and then Buck would get out and finish saving the day. But really, if it weren't for Tweaky, they'd all be dead. Am I remembering that wrong? I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, it's yeah. I was like five, six. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I I remember I remember Beady Beady Beady, and I remember Wilma Deering. <laughs> well, you know, as like my first inkling of Babbage. But uh, <laughs> it would be remarkable for him to like save the day. Being as like, I seem to remember he can't move his arms. He's got that like servo problem. <laughs> You're talking about Tweaky? Tweaky, yeah. He he can't he can't move his arms. I don't remember him moving his arms. He just kind of like rocks from side to side like R2-D2. You know, if we had any listeners, they'd probably be writing in all angry. 
<laughs> Telling us how wrong we are about this about this robot. <laughs> how dare you say Tweaky can't move his arms? <laughs> he plays the violin. So on the next part of the movie, uh, we come up to we, we cut over to the Smith house. Yes. Creepy. Creepy. It needed three syllables. <laughs> Munchichis are just the worst. They look like, even when I was, I, I'm just going to say a blowjob. They, they look like they're getting ready to receive. <laughs> Obviously, they've got the thumb thing. Yeah. And the Munchichi, is it a monkey? Is it a baby? What's a, I guess it's a monkey. Yeah. Munchichi. Oh, I just put that together for the first time. <laughs> It's a baby monkey. I don't know where that voice came from at all. So you take a normally creepy looking little thing anyway, with its mouth all looking like a blow up sex doll. (laughs) And then you stick clown suit on it and clown makeup. Was that even a thing? Did Munchichis come in clown makeup back in the day? I always thought they were just a plain whatever and then you dress them up yourself. I know there was like, you know, costume options and stuff, but I don't remember ever seeing a clown outside of this. Well, if you're remembering costume options, then clown must have been one. Yeah. So being the curious guy I am, I went to the internet, Jason. Yes. And I tried to find a clown munchichi, and I was horrified slash delighted to discover that I am so wrong about munchichis. At least these days. The brand new ones don't have the sex doll uh, fellatio mouth anymore. Yeah, they just have like a shy little smile. Just a shy little smile and a thumb can go in there without it being like weird. I, I wouldn't even recognize them as a munchichi because of that. But no clowns, but lots of furry cuteness and bibs and things to make them look like little babies and ribbons for their hair and stuff. So it might be fair to say that it is Ricky who creeped this doll up. <laughs> it might be Ricky who's like into the clowns and the munchichis. In a cross-section of Mon Clown Chi-Chi. <laughs> the Clown Chi-Chi. Now that song's stuck in my head. <laughs> Mon Chi-Chi, Mon Chi-Chi, they're so soft and cuddly. Ugh. <laughs> oh, wait. They were a cartoon then. Yeah. They were a cartoon. Every, every, every toy was a cartoon, and every cartoon was a toy in the 80s. How did we make it to adulthood? <laughs> well, so... You know, mom pokes at him enough finally to make him give Monique, that is, to make Ricky give Monique his Christmas present, which is a picture of him. Looking very, how would you say, other than awkward. He looks very uncomfortable in that picture. Like he's in the middle of farting or has to real bad. (laughs) It's definitely, what's the actor's name? Dan Schneider. It's Dan Schneider's fart face. Prove us wrong, folks. And... Knowing how Steve Holland works, it might be. <laughs> he might have had a photographer follow him around, gave it, him lots of coke. You feel the urge, put the sweater on, and we'll take a picture. <laughs> okay, it probably didn't work like that. <laughs> but have you noticed? Have you noticed? Yeah, that the picture of Ricky on the table is pretty much the same as the one in uh, that he gives to Monique? Yeah. So, have you... Have you rewound it and, and checked to see if that's accurate? Is it the exact same photo? I think it is. I See, I think it is, too. I, I can't spot any differences. Yeah. It's like he's got a whole portfolio, like that was his class picture. Right. Well, you know, that's the thing, too, where 
what did you call this? The the Holland verse. Holland verse, yes. In the Holland verse, people have framed pictures of themselves, a lot of them, just all over the place, in their backpacks, one in their car, dashboard, in the shower. <laughs> so it makes sense. It makes sense as a Christmas present that they would give each other, or that it. You know, I'm probably getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but it makes sense to me that Ricky would give her a picture of himself as a present. Yeah, especially if he thinks there's a romance of brewing. Because that's what kids do in this universe. Yeah, it's it's the courting ritual of Greendale. So, not quite as creepy or weird as you would think then. <laughs> that's still pretty creepy. Yeah, but not in-universe. In-universe, he's just like going along. He's just thinking he's dapper. Yeah, he has. he's following protocol, yes. Following protocol, exactly. The look on Monique's face, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Diane Franklin is just like a rubber face. She's just awesome at making faces. Yeah, because, you know, it, it is almost like a silent film performance for about the first, when I say third. I'm going to say the first... 43.98ths of the movie. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah, because it's, it's mostly, you know, nonverbal reactions and, like, pigeon French. Well, there's some actual French going on, but I think there's some little bit of, like, fake French going there, too, where you're like, what did she say? <laughs> she says a real French word in this, in this minute, doesn't she? Am I remembering that right? She says... No, she just laughs. And not, not in this minute, it's the next minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I ahead of myself one minute? Yeah. I does would. she open up the gift in this? Yeah, of course she does. Ricky's mom continues to just blow smoke in her face. Just, just blow smoke in her face with all the smoking all the time. Yeah, she's a chimney. Well, it's not just that she's a chimney. I used to be a smoker for like 30 years, and there's just a special kind of rude the way she smokes. <laughs> yeah, just no regard for other people's lungs at all. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's... It's, I don't know if it's regard, whether she has regard. I think she just doesn't even realize she's doing it. Yeah, she's oblivious. Puff after puff, man. Does French have Christmas, by the way? I think the Christians there probably celebrate Christmas. Oh, yeah, I guess that's what would do it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I guess the politically incorrect answer is not for very much longer. Christmas. But yeah, and Mrs. Smith, her, she's like a kabuki version of a mom you know she's like mom to like 10th degree she's like well i mean jenny is amped up but she's like sweet mom and you know mrs smith is like mom from hell i've got something to talk about with jenny later on yes but i mean you know the outfit the uh the uh mistletoe very optimistically placed on her neck um wait so you're supposed to kiss what's under the mistletoe (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Oh, really? Because I'm of the opinion that boobs are boobs. <laughs> I guess that's a healthy way to look at it. But... <laughs> Her teeth are scary, though. She's like a shark. Yeah. If you got your finger trapped in there, you would lose it. You, you would probably like gnaw your wrist off to get away. She kind of reminds me of a combination of Flo from the TV show Alice yeah. and Peggy from Married with Children. <laughs> She kind of dresses like Peggy. She's kind of oblivious like Peggy, but she's kind of attitude like Flo. Yeah. But she's not as smart as either of them. Or is she? What's your opinion of her intellectual capabilities? Well, 
it's hard to think that she takes in much of anything because, like we said, she's obliviousness is kind of her defining character. Things just roll over her without having any effect. Yeah, except when you don't do what she tells you to do, then she goes all shark on you. <laughs> I think I'm going to post a screenshot of Monique's face at second fifty-six. <laughs> I think that's the look of the movie right there. Actually, yeah. Actually, what you could do would be shot of her face and shot of Lane's face in the same scene, like side by side, like dueling misery. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> dueling misery. I think we've got a title for this episode. <laughs> misery in stereo. <laughs> so she opens her present. She sees the glory that is Ricky. <laughs> Ricky with the doll over her shoulder. Yeah, looking all quizzical and animated. That's weird. Let's deconstruct this a little bit. Does Ricky believe that Monique is his girlfriend? I think on some some level he does. Um, Mom definitely believes that she got Ricky a girlfriend present. Like this is a mail order, like sex slave slash bride for Ricky (laughs) from Mom's point of view. That's just, there's just not even a question about That's what she thinks happened. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the, the Monchichi over the shoulder thing is very intimate. That's something you wouldn't do with an exchange student normally. Or anyone. Anyone, really. Yeah, space. You know, personal space. I don't know if Ricky thinks that Monique is his girlfriend. There are scenes coming up that are more sympathetic to Ricky and his character. And in those, I kind of get the sense sometimes that he's on Monique about like hanging out with him because, because of his mom. Yeah. It's something we'll have to analyze when we get there. Yeah, no, yeah, I never thought of about it that way. Yeah, that he's he's just just kind of kind of brainwashed by his mom into thinking, oh, girlfriend. This is something I want to put a pin in and come back to. Okay. To see if because we haven't had a lot of opportunity yet. All we've had is, you know, there's a dinner scene coming up, the fourth uh, the fourth suicide attempt. Yes. I think that's where we're gonna really learn about this. It kills me how. Mom's whole deal about Ricky not giving Monique the present is that he's embarrassing her in front of guests. Yeah. If Monique really didn't know English and only knew Spanish, how would she know what was going on? Spanish? (laughs) French, I mean French. (laughs) That's Spanish gal, Monique. (laughs) Yeah, she's from from Spain, España. Well, here's the thing, because if you look at the body language, what mom is doing is poking, she's poking at Monique. She's not poking at Ricky. Yeah. She's saying some insistent thing and, and poking at Monique. Why wouldn't it, if Monique couldn't speak English, wouldn't she be like, what, what, what am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. I mean, I doubt it was played that way, although there is a lot of attention to detail in this movie. That would be your tell that she knows English. She would know that mom was poking at her but talking to Ricky then. This would be your first real clue that she knows English. Yeah, because, you know, she would be a lot more confused. Right. She'd be all flustered in what's she doing. Ricky's attitude, though, I mean, he is weirdly in her space at times, and then other times really standoffish. Yeah. The Monchichi over the shoulder is a perfect example, where he's really just, like, up in her. <laughs> <laughs> all up in her business. <laughs> yeah, and, but then, then there's the time where he seems bashful. Right, and, and right at the beginning of the scene, where he won't even, like, give her the present. Yeah. But then he seems to resent giving her the present. 
like, shut up, mom. He, like, slides it over. Yeah. And there are times when you can tell he's trying to be cool. So far or yet to come? Um, well, re- really yet to come. Uh, so you don't think the... Uh, well, okay. So when he's trying to share his food with her, is it because that's what boyfriends are supposed to do or because he's nice? I think you would get a very different story around the, uh, around the dinner table later on if it were from Ricky's point of view instead of mom telling the story. Oops. <laughs> Compound the microphone bump by saying oops. <laughs> In case you didn't notice. <laughs> Sorry. I just apologized to an inanimate object. <laughs> no, but now, yeah. now, now finish it off by putting your forehead on it. <laughs> <laughs> Headbutt. I love you, microphone. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into this. It's just that doing this minute to minute, you know, it, it there's kind of a. I'm probably am reading this too much into it. But if I were if I were Savage Steve's Holland, I would do things like this. I would put these very little tiny character cues in there, just to mess with people. Yeah, and to keep the character from being a one note. Ricky's still a high school kid. He still has his jealousies. He still has his ego. But we also get a, sympath- a sympathetic view of him later on. Yeah, he has a nice little shining moment. And he's not a total jerk all the way through. Of course, then he is at the end. <laughs> I always do this. You know, I was like, oh, when I was watching Labyrinth, I, you know, I, I kind of famously among my friends for being the guy that was like, you know, that Jareth's not such a bad guy. And then, like, as I finish saying it, he kicks the chicken into the air <laughs> during dance magic. <laughs> well, Jason, that's all I've got for uh, observances of this minute. You got anything else? I don't know. I was, just, I was just thinking about what you said about, you know, Ricky's point of view. Yeah. Well, yeah, this movie, this whole relationship from Ricky's point of view, it's an interesting... Because, I mean, there, there's so much going on, even though you, you're never 100% sure what he's thinking. Well, he's not a one-note character. He's not one-dimensional. He yeah. has thoughts and feelings like a real person. Actually, credit to this movie, not that we've, not that we've been tearing it down for the last 40-whatever minutes, 38 minutes. All the characters in here are written pretty well. Yeah, very, very fleshed out. When you look at people like Beth, she dumped Lane, but now every time she appears... With Stalin, he's making fun of Lane, mm-hmm. but she's always in the background, like just looking sick about it. Like, why do you have to be such a jerk to him? Yeah, you know she's not she's not doing that. What most you know exes in a movie would be like. Right, she's not you know jeering. Yeah, she'd be laughing along with him. She'd be like tossing off a insult or two. No, she's she's really embarrassed. Right, and and whether she's embarrassed for him or for herself or or just embarrassed at the situation, she's not just one-dimensional. Yeah. And neither is Ricky. I, I think both. I There are times where I think there's something there still well, for Lane. Right. I got that, too, where, you know, we're really getting our, ahead of ourselves in the minutes here yeah. to, to have this discussion. We'll put a pin in it. But, but I agree. They're, watching this, I got the sense that there was a chance they could get back together. Maybe that's why they played it that way. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this in a future minute. Okay. We've been rambling on now for well over three hours. (laughs) I'll have to edit this down to five minutes. (laughs) Hey, guys. I want to give a big shout out to the 
to Alex and Pete at the Star Wars Minute. As we record this, they just finished up their fifth season of the Star Wars Minute, Attack of the Clones. God bless those guys. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. I, I do not know how they got through that movie. Whiskey? I would not. Oh. <laughs> you know, the hardest part is over for them. They're moving on to Sith next fall. And though Sith is... I hate Sith as much as I hate any of the prequels, but it's still better than Attack of the Clones. <laughs> God bless them for, for doing God's work and... Let's just all pray for them to make it to The Force Awakens soon. <laughs> Keep fighting the good fight. And hey, if you're, uh, if you're into us, you can join us at the Better Off Dead Facebook page. We've also got a, uh, a group, a private group, where you can leave comments and your friends won't see you leaving comments there. Called the Better Off Dead Something Support Group. <laughs> Nobody ever goes there. Crisis, crisis, support crisis, group. crisis support group. The Better Off Dead Crisis Support Group. You can leave comments there. We'll see them. We can have conversations, and your friends don't have to know that you're geeking out about a movie from the '80s. Which, by the way, that's kind of a '80s movies are kind of becoming a thing in the minute by minute format. Yeah, yeah I noticed that. You can call us, by the way, at seven one two eight three zero seven three seven three. If your comments appropriate, we'll. Uh, well, maybe use it on the air. And if it's not appropriate, we will use it on the air. <laughs> I promise, the first person that uses the F word, it's going on. It's going to happen. The best thing you could do for us, though, is to leave a five-star review at iTunes. We're not doing a special weekend show. We're not, we're not asking for money. We're not doing this. We're just doing this for fun because we love the movie. So help other people find us. Uh, I think that is it. We'll be back, what, tomorrow? Yes. For minute 38? Why am I doing this to myself? For minute 39. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Curtis. I'm Jason. Good night.